Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hi, this is Dr. Andy Barlow with the Chiropractic Physician Center of Tupelo and author of the number one bestseller, The Code Breaker. Are you sick and tired of the medical merry-go-round? Are you looking for a potential solution to your health problem? Be sure and listen to our podcast, The Code Breaker. Welcome in with a lot to catch you up on and only a little amount of time to do it. My name is Michael Borky. You're listening to The Rebel Report. I am still struggling through a brutal battle with a, a terrible sinus infection and then some. I know for sure that's what it is, by the way, so don't worry. I'm not putting my coworkers in danger. However, if I sound a little bit different, please forgive me. I'm trying to get through it. I've had a really hard time getting through it. I've had headaches from hell for the last four days, but hey, that's quite all right. I got to stop wasting your time, though. We have so much to talk about. Again, very little amount of time to do it. I got four different things for you today. First, we'll start with uh, Matt Corral winning the Connerly Trophy. That happened last night. The C Spire Connerly Trophy awarded to the best player in the state of Mississippi. It was an absolute no-brainer to give it to Matt Corral. I know there was a fuss around here because voting was apparently originally going to be closed before the Egg Bowl, and the rationale was they didn't want the Egg Bowl to impact voters. They wanted it to be a total season award and not just a one-game award, and people just got so furious about that. So they extended the voting and I haven't heard anything about voting process since then. I wonder why. Uh, So good for Matt. You know, it's a, it's a nice event. It's a nice award. It is certainly, uh, you know, how can I put this without upsetting people? It's not the Heisman. It is, (laughs) it's not that, Uh, but it is a nice award and all that. So good for Matt. He deserves it. Just uh, another feather in the cap of what was an excellent career at Ole Miss and his legacy should be that he's remembered uh, by and from and whatever Ole Miss fans, whatever adjective you want to use. He should be remembered forever as one of the all-time greats in the history of your school. That's how he should be remembered. And last night, although shouldn't change that fact, in fact, it really shouldn't have any impact on that whatsoever, uh, still, it's just another reason to bring up the fact that he's an all-time great and he belongs in that conversation of all-time greats at the school. So congrats to him. There is a bit of a manufactured scandal coming out of this, though. If you can believe it, people are, I don't want to say mad, are, are manufacturing outrage that Lane Kiffin was not at the ceremony. I have seen some Ole Miss fans do it. I have seen it more. Mississippi State fans and quote-unquote media talking about how it's a bad look and why can't he go if Deion Sanders can go, Lane Kiffin can go, and all this faux outrage. Anything to make themselves feel better about losing the Egg Bowl. That's really what's going on here is People are trying to find ways to feel better about losing the Egg Bowl. And so Lane Kiffin wasn't at the ceremony. And uh, it gives you something to make yourself feel better, right? Gives you something to make yourself feel better. It's like when a girl breaks up with you and she has a new boyfriend who's not attractive. It makes yourself feel better. You're still sad about her breaking up with you, but maybe that's a bad analogy. I didn't write that one down. But that's what's going on here. A lot of this faux outrage about Kiffin not being there It's just people trying to make them, doing the moral posturing thing when it comes to 
losing the Egg Bowl. That's all it is. They lost the Egg Bowl, and so they're looking for reasons to feel better about themselves because they're upset that that their team lost the Egg Bowl. That's what's going on here. But here's the thing about that. Apparently, he was Lane Kiffin was doing an in-home visit with uh, Jaheim Otis, a, a massive recruit. May or may not go to go to Ole Miss. It doesn't seem likely, but he was doing an in-house visit with that recruit. If I were you, just me, if I were you, I would rather my coach be doing an in-home visit with a recruit of his caliber than drinking whiskey and shaking hands at the Country Club of Jackson. That's just me. And I, I know what the spin is because I've already seen it and I, and I heard it is... Oh, well, you should be there for your guy. I promise you Matt Corral doesn't give a shit. I I promise you he couldn't care less. I'm sure they talked about it. I'm sure Matt gave Lane his blessing, honestly. Matt doesn't care. I promise you he doesn't care. It's the Connerly Trophy. It's not the Heisman. It's the Connerly Trophy. Lane was recruiting instead. It's not a big deal. But some people just want it to be a big deal to make themselves feel better about losing a game. Would it have been better if he was there? Sure. I, you know, you would like him to go to stuff like that. But my gosh, some of the reaction I think is pathetic because if it was Mike Leach doing the in-home visit with Jaheim Otis, if that's in fact accurate, then the same people that are talking about how it's a bad look for Kiffin would be praising Mike Leach. It's the the, the hypocrisy that exists around here is exhausting to me. It, it is totally exhausting. Uh, I, I can't, and I call it out on both sides. I can't deal with it. This this day that I'm about to have on the radio show this afternoon, where we're going to talk about it, and people are going to pretend like they're mad or whatever that it's a bad look. You know, Lane Kiffin wasn't at the Connerly. It's ridiculous because if Mike Leach wasn't there, you would do the exact opposite of what you're doing right now. But this is what we do in this state. This is the the hypocritical nature of stuff like this. It's the Connerly. It's fine. Matt, I promise you, doesn't care at all that Lane Kiffin was in, was recruiting rather than being at the ceremony. It's fine. It's fine. But you know how people are. Uh, but good for Matt winning it, you know, whatever. It's it's a thing. It's It's a nice thing to add to his trophy case. That's great. Speaking of, as we turn the page to the next thing, uh, Matt Corral's potential replacement. There's been a lot of conversations about who will be the quarterback at Ole Miss next year. We thought we were getting some insight on that, but like I said on my live stream, and if you don't watch that, you should find me on YouTube. Just search my name, find my YouTube channel, and uh, you can watch my morning live streams. I talk about this kind of stuff on a daily basis there. Uh, Dylan Gabriel on 24-7's website, was listed as committed to Ole Miss. And some people kind of took that and ran with it. And in fact, that was premature. There is interest there. As I understand it, he will be visiting Ole Miss this weekend. And so you can see how that kind of error was made. I have a feeling somebody just kind of like clicked the wrong button uh, in the recruiting database or whatever. Uh, but a lot of people were talking about Dylan Gabriel and, and his chance. He's at UCF of filling the role of Matt Corral. And I have seen some people have negative reactions to that. And and I don't quite understand where that's coming from. I really don't. Because 
if you are looking or, or expecting the guy that takes the, the first snap against Troy in September of 2022 for Ole Miss to be Matt Corral, and I don't mean actual him in person because he is going to be in the NFL next year, but his skill set, his ability, you're going to be disappointed. If you're expecting somebody with Matt Corral's skill set, you are going to be disappointed. It's not going to happen. You can't, on one hand, say this is a once-in-a-generation quarterback and look at options for next year and think, well, no, he doesn't throw that deep ball that good, so I don't want him. It doesn't work like that. Next year's quarterback for Ole Miss will not be as talented as Matt Corral. I will guarantee that to you, even if it's Spencer Rattler, which it doesn't appear that that's going to be the case. And I think, honestly, that's fine for Ole Miss because you've heard my position on that before. If you listen to me every day, you know that there's a reason, in my opinion, he didn't work out in Lincoln Riley's system, the most quarterback-friendly system in college football that has produced three consecutive NFL starters. Heisman Trophy winners, first-round picks, NFL starters. Lincoln Riley has three NFL starters right now who were rejects. Baker Mayfield was a reject. Jalen Hurts was a reject. Alabama didn't want him. They cast him aside for Tua. Baker Mayfield wasn't good enough at Texas Tech. Kyler Murray's five foot two, And look at what they became and what they were under Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma. There's a reason Spencer Rattler didn't work in that system under that coach in that conference. I think Lane Kiffin is one of the best in the country at quarterback coaching and offense. But are you going to, are you trying to convince me that he's head and shoulders above Lincoln Riley? Who has an easier schedule that may, in a system that makes quarterbacks look even better because of who they're playing? I don't buy that. So I've never bought into the, the Rattler hype anyway. But even Spencer Rattler would not have the skill set that Matt Corral has. So when you watch the Dylan Gabriel highlights and you look at it and think, ah, I don't know, his deep ball is not, he doesn't have very good arm strength. I don't want him. He sucks. Sorry, guys. You're going to be disappointed with whoever it is. No, Dylan Gabriel is not Matt Corral at all. Not even anywhere remotely close. And not many people are. But he's played a lot of college football. And his touchdown to interception ratio, by the way, is fantastic. And he's accurate. And he's got a deep familiarity with Jeff Lebby and his system. They are tight. And if Jeff Lebby stays, which sounds like that, if if they bring in Dylan Gabriel, if he signs with Ole Miss, there, there is a sign that Jeff Lebby's sticking around. But no, it hasn't been in the SEC. However, he's played a lot of college football and done it at a really high level. Look at his stats. Yes, I know it's at UCF. I understand that. But look at the numbers that he has put up as a college quarterback. And then watch his tape. He doesn't jump off the page at you like Matt Corral. Of course not. Nobody would. But as a bridge guy to potentially Arch Manning? Or whoever. I mean, he's got, what, three years of eligibility left. He'd be a good pickup. He'd be a safe pickup to a very high floor for Dylan Gabriel. He's talented. He's athletic, not Matt Corral athletic, but he's athletic enough. He's accurate, protects the football, and is very well aware of the system. If you're disappointed in that pickup in the portal, then you're going to be disappointed regardless of, of who you get, honestly. 
I don't understand the negativity around Gabriel. Is he Matt Corral? No. Would he be solid? Absolutely. Absolutely he would. What more can you ask for? The guy following the guy is never going to be as good as the guy, you know? If the, if that makes sense. So if, in fact, Dylan Gabriel does end up signing with Ole Miss, you should be happy about it. it, it to me, yeah, you should be happy about it. It would be a good pickup. He's experienced. He's accurate. He knows the system. My gosh, guys, if Lane Kiffin thinks that, <laughs> I mean, I am not a don't question the coaches guy. I think that line of thinking is pretty pathetic because even football coaches uh, can be wrong sometimes. Uh, hello, Rich Rodriguez and Matt Luke. But in this case, doubting Lebby and Kiffin with quarterback evaluations, I think would be a uh, a stupid thing to do. And so if they think that he his game will translate, then his game's going to translate. And you've got all the data points you need, in my opinion. So before we continue, I want to remind you the podcast is brought to you by absms.com, Advantage Business Systems. If you're in the market for office technology and you are stationed anywhere in the state of Mississippi, ABS is the place for you. They have everything from copiers and printers and mail machines down to phone systems and cloud storage and data security and everything in between. If you're in the market for office technology, go to absms.com. That's Advantage Business Systems. They service the entire state of Mississippi. Tell them I sent you and you'll get a complimentary office technology assessment. You give them a budget, you tell them what you need, and they'll fit packages for your needs. absms.com. Podcast also brought to you by LBs just across from Kroger and University Avenue. It is the best place in Mississippi to get your meat. Go by and see Greg and tell him I sent you. Get one of their daily lunch specials as well. You've got weathers this week, Thursday and Friday in the 70s. You've got a weather front coming through this weekend, but good, good weather to get behind the grill. Get that started at LB's. Again, just across from Kroger and University Avenue right there in Oxford. The latest on Miami, by the way, is there is no latest on Miami. You had reporting yesterday from Matt Zenitz, who's uh, really well-sourced, really well-connected. He's with On3. That said, the current feel, this is what he said yesterday, the current feel is that there's a good chance Manny Diaz ends up keeping his job at Miami. Sources told him it on three. That is counter to what other people have said. Some others think that Miami is soon to move on from Manny Diaz. The problem is Miami does not have an athletic director yet. Uh, Whenever that decision is made, maybe we'll get a little bit more clarity. I would be surprised if they made the coaching decision before they got an athletic director in place. Uh, because if you're an AD, hey, we're going to hire you. And we just fired your coach. And there's two weeks until early signing period. Good luck. That's that's a tough spot to, to put somebody in. So uh, who knows at this point? It, it just kind of depends on who you want to believe, whether or not they'll move on from Andy Diaz and I mean, most people believe that Mario Cristobal is going to be the leading candidate. But again, how can how can anybody really know that if they don't have an athletic director in place? If it is true that their candidate list is Mario Cristobal being candidate one and Lane Kiffin being candidate two, who's making the hire then? Because if you don't have an athletic director in place, how do you have a candidate list of two already? How, how does that even work out? So I, I don't quite understand what's going on. It sounds like sounds like the Auburn search last year, where there are certain Booster factions is the phrase that everybody was using with Auburn that want different things. It sounds like some want Mario Cristobal. Those seem to be the loudest. 
but I don't know. Uh, some want Lane Kiffin. Some think that investing that much in football is dumb. So I, I don't know what's going to happen. But uh, Matt Zenitz's report should uh, give you a little sigh of relief. It would me anyway, because uh, I, I trust him. I think he's really good at what he does, and he's really well-connected. But even still, even if that Miami job does come open, uh, their financial commitment's going to have to change rather significantly. And it does sound like Mario Cristobal will be the early favorite. And, and why would he not be? He's from Miami, played there, won championships there. He's got family there. Makes a whole lot of sense. Oregon would probably fight their hardest to keep him, but he's got more incentive to take that job than anybody else in the country, honestly, considering his local ties and some personal stuff that's going on in, in his life back in Miami. Uh, so that seems like the likely path anyway. And if it does go down like that, a coaching carousel that involved USC, LSU, Florida, Oklahoma, Notre Dame, Miami, and Lane Kiffin remains at Ole Miss, that's pretty incredible, <laughs> honestly. That's... Uh, Two years ago, I would have told you that Ole Miss is not surviving a coaching carousel that features that many open jobs. I can't believe he wasn't higher on some of these programs list, but that again, that's good for Ole Miss. Shout out to Ole Miss for, for keeping him through that. And uh, the financial commitment they're going to give Lane is one that is going to surprise a lot of people that Ole Miss would be willing to do. Uh, the seven $8 million range, if, if that's what it takes. And I expect that to be... Uh, ironed out soon, but not as soon as you guys probably want. But uh, either way, that's the latest. There's really not much to report there, honestly. But Matt Zenit says the feeling is that Manny Diaz is probably, or the feeling right now is that he'll keep his job. So we'll see what happens. Even if it comes open, it's not a guarantee that Lane will be the primary candidate and will take it anyway. So... Uh, we will uh, we will just have to see. And finally, bowl destinations. Uh, we'll get, obviously, a hell of a lot more clarity after this weekend. Uh, sounds like all of you want the Sugar Bowl first, and a as you should. Uh, Alabama has to beat Georgia for that to happen. If Alabama loses to Georgia, it will be either the Peach or the Fiesta. I I've seen a lot of people kind of crap on the Peach Bowl. And I understand it. You were just in Atlanta. And you'll be back in Atlanta next year for the Georgia Tech game. And your opponents will be less sexy. You, you won't get a chance to play Ohio State, for example. Uh, you won't get a chance to play Notre Dame. And, and that's what would happen in the Fiesta Bowl. It, it would be something like that. Uh, but if you want to bring the most, I guess it depends on what your preference is. If you want to play a more high-profile game, then yeah, you want the Fiesta Bowl. But if you want to make the trip yourself, I know some people have the financial means to go wherever. But in terms of fans showing up, the Sugar Bowl will obviously be the most attended by Ole Miss fans. And there will be more Ole Miss fans at the Peach Bowl, I mean, four times over than that of the Fiesta Bowl. Looking at flights, I mean, just one ticket, just to get there, is approaching a thousand dollars that's not a trip that that everybody can make and honestly playing somebody like pittsburgh and kenny pickett in the peach bowl would be pretty sweet i mean i'd enjoy the heck out of that if i were you guys i mean two guys that most people think will be 
the first quarterback drafted, one or the other. Really good chance to win the game, by the way. Uh, Atlanta is a fun place for a weekend. It is. Don't listen to anybody that tells you otherwise. You can have fun in Atlanta for a weekend. You absolutely can. It's an easy trip for most of you. A less expensive trip for most of you. I don't see the negative in it. I, I don't. I understand that Phoenix is more fun, and if you have financial means, you'd rather go there. But Atlanta's easier, more convenient, and uh, that would obviously lead to you bringing more people. So that's where I would fall, for what it's worth. Anyway. All right, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to, don't forget to check out uh, my live stream. Just search my name on YouTube. Find me there and uh, watch me. Talk about sports every morning. That's not a great tease, but hey, it's there for you if you want. In the meantime, thank you so much for tuning in. And I'll be back soon with hopefully more good news on the coaching search front. In the meantime, y'all have a good one. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.